It takes more than waiting for your coworker to stand up and walk away from their desk, then taking a screenshot, then changing your Zoom background to that screenshot <laughs> to be a great software engineer. This is episode 347 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and I am your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. And maybe <laughs> I'm actually in your chair. <laughs> Do your eyes deceive you? I don't know. That's what it looks like on Zoom. Yeah, I mean, where am I? <laughs> Soft I had skills. a I had a coworker. Okay. Oh, oh, you got to finish the intro. I have. I yeah. It's like a musical phrase incomplete that has left me yes. in in distress. Yes. Soft skills engineering is a weekly advice show about all of the non technical things that go into the technical field of software development. And now I'm prepared to hear Dave's story. <laughs> I had a coworker who we were fully remote at the time, and he grabbed a screenshot of me and a screenshot of another engineering manager. And then he Photoshopped both of us into his Zoom background. So it looked like we were uh, leaning over his shoulder and watching him work. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> nice. I had a coworker who did some pretty nifty things with video and, and themselves appearing in the background. And yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was cool. I envy that kind of skill. That's uh, Photoshop and video editing skills are skills that I have not honed in a long, long time, back when I used to use GIMP pretty regularly, <laughs> nearly 20 years ago. I can use the power of FFmpeg to reduce the frame rate. That's yes. my... That's my <laughs> and make that's animated my, uh, Multimedia skills. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Thankfully, there, a Stack Overflow is just full of the magic command line <laughs> required to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't yet reached the point where I remember it. Yeah, no, it's like it's like tar. You don't remember that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or, or no, it's rsync. That's the one I can never remember. Dave, do you want to thank our patrons? Yes, I do. Before I get too carried away. All right. Uh, we have a one-time shout out for our patron uh, this month. And the name is Get the Book, Why Does My Neural Network Not Learn on Amazon? <laughs> good name. That's a good name. Uh, weekly shoutouts go to Systematic Guy, Anthony Ongaro, Kyle Boss, Connie Lee, Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser Logue, Kent C. Dodds, Jenny Kim, Owen Shartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Ganadin Hooten, Ohio. I told myself I would remember how to pronounce that, and I still didn't. I'm sorry. At least we no longer have that awful name. Uh, <laughs> now we have better names. Okay. Patreon.com.au. We're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, TestingIsDocumenting.org. Will Angel, pronounce like that town in Ohio slash Scotland with an unpronounceable name. <laughs> <laughs> Will Angel, by the way, special place in my heart for Will Angel and the names in Patreon. All right. Arunga, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Brayden Keynes, John Grant, Bartek Tekowski, Cody Sale, Nick Cantor, and Philip Jambasil. If you'd like to join this group, go to pay. Uh, go to pay where do you go? Softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And if you make a material impact in Jameson's family budget, we will say your name or emoji or unpronounceable city of your choice. These haircuts don't come cheap. Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> my, my impeccable, expensive grooming habits. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate your support. And it keeps the show going. So thank you so much. I also want to thank a sponsor of the show. This episode is sponsored by Red Hat Compiler, which is an original podcast talking about tech topics, big, strange, and small. You will hear more about them in the middle and even more about them if you go listen to their podcast. Thank you. Yes, you'll hear more. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well said. Sorry. I don't know. That really tickled my fancy when you said that. <laughs> oh, good. 
<laughs> do you want to read our, our first question? I do. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, Our small team where I work as a senior software engineer has a new engineering manager. They trust me at all. They trust me oh, at Oh, I accidentally all? a word. Yeah, I edited this one. You can blame that. They don't, they don't trust, trust me, me at all. Yes. Yeah, that's a big they... difference in the, <laughs> in the question. <laughs> it's just a little, I mean, a little different. Okay. Yeah. They don't trust me at all and verify simple technical things like how Git Rebase works in the middle of meeting calls. I feel micromanaged. Calling me on Slack via Slack huddle without prior notice breaks me out of my flow. Recently, they called an architecture meeting and ended up talking about two spaces versus four spaces and other trivial stuff. Ah, I just felt like the facepalm emoji for the entire time of the call. They are technically good, but lack depth for some reason. I think I accidentally, another thing, <laughs> but lacks, lack depth. Period. They lack depth for some reason. They think they know it, but uh, they know better than everyone else on the team. Unfortunately, they are my boss. How do I politely tell them in a professional way that they have to back down and trust the team? Any help would be appreciated. Thanks a lot. I wonder if this is a new manager in new to this team, but also new to engineering management. Because this sounds yeah. like a failure mode of someone who has been an individual contributor and is now yeah. a manager where they're 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 like don't worry i'll tell us how to do tech stuff yeah don't. i know i know things <laughs> don't worry i'll tell us how to do it <laughs> yeah this is i feel i feel this because when i first got into tech leadership it was really hard to let go i still remember very vividly that the first day that i came into work and a member of my team had done something without me knowing they were going to do it it was it was a little disorienting yeah that was a long time ago. How does it feel now? Yeah, now it feels like awesome. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. I, I, I'm so excited when people do stuff. It's great. Yeah. It's like, oh, you did that and I didn't know. This is what scalable this is, leverage. This is leadership right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is leadership. You're I didn't welcome. even have to lift a finger. I'm going to go Just take a nap. The aura <laughs> of my presence. Yeah inspired you to do stuff that's right wait wait so you're saying the essence of leadership is do nothing things get done you take credit yeah that's that's the basis like of it. of your speaking tour <laughs> yes i've got a new book coming out uh oh. someone else wrote it i don't know what's in it <laughs> <laughs> but it's selling like gangbusters and i'm gonna go do a tour now <laughs> oh calling me on slack without prior notice Ooh, that would bug me so much. How much how much you want to bet this person has a visceral reaction when they hear that slack huddle noise? Yeah. What is it like do 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 whatever? Yeah, I don't I don't even remember, but uh probably cuz I'm the caller more often yeah. than <laughs> yeah, the caller. Yeah, you never <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've never actually heard that sound. I do a lot of huddles, don't but I've never heard that me, sound before. I'll call you. <laughs> um yeah, that that feels like such a faux pas. The Calling someone on their computer without the, asking just them? calling someone, yeah, it's 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 as shoulder tappy as you can get remote. Yeah, but isn't that? I think it's a bit of a generational thing because I don't mind being called on my computer. It's like, oh, someone needs to get my attention. Really? Yeah, but I I grew. You know, I'm a little older than you, Jameson. Yeah, uh, not yeah, a ton, not a ton. You're not afraid of the phone like I am. No, that's right. Like I I spent my high school on the telephone, trying to get girls to like me. <laughs> 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 and uh, and so when the phone rang, I got excited. I'm like, "Hello, you know, Ooh, who's it going to yeah. be?" 
Oh, it's for my brother. Dang. <laughs> Stupid. Fine, yeah, I'll get him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, some of that is might be your role as well, though. Like I, I've, you might expect to be more interruptible because you are. Yeah. You are, I, because I don't actually leadership do role and. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're napping all the time, so. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like oh, beauty sleep, I guess. No, honestly, yeah. I do actually send people messages. I don't. I usually don't just dial people up uh, straight up. I'll I'll send them a message on Slack or text or whatever. Um, and people do that to me generally too. So that that has become the professional courtesy I've noticed. I think that specific concern you could address directly. It feels like it could be connected to the whole trust thing, but also uh, is is just such a Se- separable. Yeah, it's separable, and it's. It feels like it would be easy to say, hey, when you call me, it stresses me out because I'm usually <laughs> in the middle of something. And I wonder, is this an emergency? Am I about to get fired or whatever? Mm. Like, is there a way that you can, uh, how can, how can you help me preserve my focus time while still getting the answers that you need? That's a good way to couch it. When you started going down this track, I thought you were going to say something and my my question was going to be jameson would you really tell your boss please don't call me (laughs) uh no i i would say how can you get the answers you need and how can i preserve my focus time though yeah i think that's a great great way to frame it you want to talk about tabs versus spaces for a minute (laughs) more than anything in this world (laughs) like this person's boss yeah (laughs) an architecture meeting about tabs and spaces i can't think of a more fundamental unit of architecture (laughs) <laughs> Some might say it's the building blocks of all architecture. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're in working if your production systems are built in the language white space, then this is about vital semantics, not just styling. So That's right. It's crucial. Oh, and I noticed I actually I think I misrepresented. I said tabs versus spaces, but it's not even that general. It's two spaces versus four spaces. <laughs> You need to be the rabble rouser and propose three spaces. <laughs> Let's or, or, compromise. No, 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 no. Yeah, compromise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's meet in the middle, three spaces. It's the most oh reasonable solution. Uh, <laughs> I, I also wonder if this is, again, part of a misguided desire to do things, and it's part of an effort to define like s- standards, and it's just the lowest value, easiest to arbitrarily say here's the decision type Mm -hmm. of standard like maybe this results in some linting being turned on and uh, yeah i don't know i can't i can't think of a trying to think of a a reasonable explanation like a charitable charitable explanation yeah (sighs) um i think as a new manager it's actually really hard to know what's important you know when you when you're an individual contributor the way you know what's important is that your manager assigns you a ticket, and that's what's important. Also, as you get more senior, you can you can advocate for stuff to say this is yeah. really important. But it's a it's a small subset of what the team works on, right? Yeah. Even when even at a senior IC role. Yeah. And, and suddenly, when it's all on your shoulders, it's like, I and I I struggle with this a little bit too. I see something; it seems important. I saw it recently, which makes it seem more important. <laughs> <laughs> right uh and i and i'm like well i just want to circle the the team right now and let's get this sorted out you know yeah but all all too often when i let a little bit of time lapse and then i look back on the thing that i thought was the number one priority a few days ago i realized that 
a few days have gone by and it has never come up. So how important could it really be? Yeah, I I feel that too sometimes where where my sense of impact can be easily overridden by by this emotional reaction to oh, something is not the way I think it should be right. in the world and like that that means it's important because things should be the right. way I think they should be. And I just noticed it. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably the worst time to solve a problem, honestly. <laughs> it's like right when you noticed it. I just noticed it, noticed it, and it so happens that I also immediately know exactly what to do about it. Yeah. Just the instant and, I notice it. And it's the number one priority. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Well, really high, actually. <laughs> yeah. They have to back down and trust the team. So I'm going to give what I think is advice I've heard you give before, Dave, which is can you oh. express this in terms of impact or cost on the team. If you can point out, maybe there's an effect on morale. Maybe it, it makes it hard for the ICs to contribute and feel ownership of, of solutions if, if the manager is kind of stepping in all the time. Maybe they make the ICs do stuff that is time-wasting and wrong. And that's like, this thing you propose, this is a little bit harder because that gets a little more confrontational, but this thing you proposed caused us to go down this rabbit hole and then we lost x weeks trying to yeah like recompile our database with four spaces instead of two in the source code uh <laughs> yeah you can say to them hey it feels bad when you don't trust me or it feels like you don't trust me and that and that feels bad um and that might work okay and it and it might not that might work depending on their level of empathy or how much they care about your relationship yeah but if you can point to the impact it is having on the output of the team, that's that's ultimately one of their right. main responsibilities yep. is, is help the team get stuff done, like more stuff and the right stuff. And if you yeah. can say, hey, this is making us get less stuff done, that might help out. I, I don't see a way to have this conversation that would not be a tough conversation though. Because you yeah, are telling your boss, yeah. hey, like you're doing this thing that's really harmful and I really want you to stop. And there's some ego involved of like, they probably yeah, think they're exactly. right and I don't know. Because remember, people do things that make sense to them. So yeah. there is something about the situation that makes sense to your boss. Yeah. Maybe you could turn it into like a, uh, I'm going to say this is like a Socratic method, but I'm only saying the word Socratic so I seem smart. Um, <laughs> <but> what, <laughs> what if you uh, Socratically question your boss? Like, what what is your motivation in calling a meeting to discuss two spaces versus four spaces? Like, what outcomes were you hoping to go for and turn your boss introspective. Mm -hmm. Did you achieve those outcomes? Are yeah, those it's like, no. important outcomes to achieve? And then just proceed to give your boss a performance review. I give you a needs improvement. Yeah. A, uh, least, least valuable yeah. <laughs> rating. Our small team, new engineering manager. I also wonder, this can get controversial, but this is a new engineering manager. You already work here. Maybe you have some relationships within the organization already. And is there a way you can uh, raise a flag internally um, mm. to, to their boss or, or something like that to say, hey, uh, can, can you help give them this feedback? Again, that can get tricky and it's fraught territory to, to try and pit your boss's boss against your boss. Yes. You will usually not be on the winning side of that engagement, in my experience. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to say, hey, they should be fired, 
um yeah you will usually lose yeah <laughs> right or you'll win at a time scale that is long enough that it will still make you sad right <laughs> yeah. but if you're if you're trying to say like i i don't know how to deal with this and i don't know where else to go can you help me figure out how to deliver feedback to my boss on this thing if you have a relationship with this person if you don't that makes it trickier if you're just like shoulder tapping the next person in line and and i that i believe if you're going to go over your boss's head you do have to tread very cautiously and one way to tread cautiously in my in my opinion is by uh making it more of a consultative session where you're asking for advice on how best to work with your boss as opposed yeah. to tattling on them and and telling their boss they're doing a bad job yeah the message will come through by the way even <laughs> if that is a message you want to send yeah yeah, I mean, just just yeah. the act of talking to them will communicate something. So a little over two years ago, I got back into official formal people management after being out of people management for four years. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that I really appreciated that my team members did for me was they would explicitly say, Dave, we want to do what you want. We want to support you and we want to uh, execute your vision and we want to align our daily work with your desires for what, what you want us to do. And I was like, oh, oh, that's really nice to hear because I think new leadership come in and they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to screw this up. My team's going to hate me. They're going to secretly resent the things I asked them to do. But mm. knowing explicitly, like having it explicitly stated that your team actually wants to support you and do what you say Mm -hmm. took a huge load off my shoulders about me coming in and thinking, well, I just, I have to be very persuasive and convincing and I can't just say, okay, I've decided and we're going to go this direction. Yeah. Um, but my team actually told me, Dave, actually, we would just like you to just decide sometimes. And mm -hmm. uh, I really appreciated that. So how does that apply to this situation? Well, I think it applies because it's possible that your boss is feeling a little insecure about this position. And they're wondering, like, do I have the trust and the backing of my team or do I need, you know, am I in kind of convincing mode? And so if you actually want to do what your boss says, it might be worthwhile telling your boss, like, listen, I support you and I will follow you and I'll follow your direction. And it, you might find that when you do that and, and they, uh, they no longer have to worry about whether you're on their team or not, you know, met, like in spirit. Yeah then they might back off on the micromanagement a little. It it sounds like you feel like a cause of this could be they're they're trying to prove their mettle in a way. Like, see, I, I know my stuff. It could be. Yeah, it could be. I know what Git Rebase is, and what I know about it is different than what you know about it. <laughs> right, right. Let's I know what I, the I, right I, number of spaces are in code. Right. It's three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to blow your minds. It's three. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you, you know, this, this question asker interpreted that meeting about Git uh, to be like, my boss wants to teach me about Git. But the purpose your boss had may very well have been, I want to show you how capable I am. Hmm. So yeah, you nailed it on the head, James. That's exactly what I was trying to say. It's possible. Not saying for sure, but it's possible. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. Always tricky to have a boss doing things you don't like. Have you heard about the podcast from Red Hat called Compiler? Yes, Red Hat Compiler just launched a new series called Reroll, where they describe different jobs in a software company, starting with the CTO, then architect, and more. 
They've not mentioned the office prankster yet, which is a, a miss on their part. It's an essential role at any startup. That's true. They also have a series on software technology stacks describing databases, programming languages, front-end frameworks, back-end technologies, and even test frameworks. It's a pretty cool series. Compiler comes to you from the makers of Command Line Heroes and is hosted by Angela Andrews and Brent Simino. Listen to Compiler on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll also include a link to this show in our show notes. All right. I'm going to ask our next question by reading it. I'm going to read our next question. I'm not going to ask. Okay. It. It's not for me. Okay. It's from a listener ask named Vicarious. Federico. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will represent Federico by reading Thank this you. word. This, uh, <laughs> these words. Hi, I'm a junior engineer. Our project managers are really crappy. I keep getting wrongly managed and quote, exploding projects where in the last days, everything goes wrong with the client. Should I take a project management course so I can organize my projects better and discuss with project managers how to prevent this? I don't know how to make them work like they should. Ouch. Stuff blows up. You get to, you, you get to, maybe you're working prodigious hours to correct things or, or, or ship stuff at the last minute. It's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. I also kind of get an agency vibe. I hear the word client and, and. Yep exploding projects and yeah so maybe this is this is contract work for other folks not not uh long-term employment where where project management is really crucial in those environments yeah limited schedule limited budget you can't just work on it till it's good you know yeah not, not that not that otherwise budgets are unlimited and schedule is unlimited but it's a little bit more sensitive when it's like i paid you twelve hundred dollars you have to get this done in four hours you know yeah well what do you think? So the way that I'm thinking about this question is if you go take a project management course and then take over their job and show them what a good project manager works, I think it'll end great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could go wrong? Probably one course is enough too, right? <laughs> to just be great. <laughs> so I can understand the frustration here because as a as a developer... This kind of happens everywhere in a lot of different roles. Yeah. A lot of roles depend on other roles and, and decisions made by those other roles can very profoundly impact the stress level of, of your job. But yeah, this is certainly a thing um, where where schedule or budget overruns kind of end up on, on your shoulders to correct potentially. So I can see why this would be frustrating. I bet that the project managers are frustrated too. Oh, I assume yeah. that they're not doing this because it feels like the best way to manage projects. Yeah. You know what I love when I'm a project manager? I just love when everything goes to crap yeah. at the end of the project. I'm getting yelled at. Oh, it's my favorite. I think it would be very easy for them to get very defensive if you took a course and said, good news, I figured out how to do your job better than you know how. <laughs> oh, it's, thank it's goodness. It's easy. <laughs> yes, this just is exactly like what I was hoping. <laughs> Yeah. Finally, finally someone took a course so they can do my job better. <laughs> and and even if you're right, even if you do learn how to do the job of project management better than them, if you tell them, hey, you're doing a really bad job and you should instead do it like this. And and, and the stuff you tell them to do is is the correct thing to do in that situation. They're, they're not going to do it. Like <laughs> They're not going <laughs> to yeah. listen to you and say, thank you for that advice. Yes. Turns out all of my all of my stress was caused by me being bad at my job. Yes, <laughs> and and I now am good at it, and and 
have no ego at all about it. I can just see them sitting around with their project management friends after hours. Man, I was so grateful this junior engineer just told me the things that I needed to do differently. (laughs) Yeah. I don't see that going well. And like Jameson said, even if you're right, probably can't go well. I think you have to try to solve this problem together with them and and say, I've noticed that we keep ending up in these situations. And and if there's any, if you can uh, kind of show some vulnerability by by showing like a way that you maybe have contributed or, or engineering has contributed, yeah. maybe, maybe stuff took longer than you said it would take or something. Like if you can make it uh, the less accusatory of you are doing a bad job right. and, and the more we have this shared problem, um, you can you can make the discussion, the easier it will be to get them involved in solving it. And maybe there are constraints you don't understand. Like maybe... Maybe the client demanded a discount like halfway through the project or, yeah, I don't know. There's yeah, yeah. Bunch, or, or maybe they just have a million projects going on. Right. What you said is exactly what I was just thinking, which is see if there's some way that you've contributed to this problem and ask the project manager if there's anything you can do to help. Because I think what's happening here is you're only seeing one perspective mm-hmm. on this. Like Jameson said, there are a thousand reasons why projects go wrong and only like 950 of them are developers' faults. So there's a chance, there's a chance that the other 50 are actually happening here, but there is a chance you're contributing. And I think you should be willing to hear that and yeah. work together. Because even if it's not your fault, even if you didn't contribute anything, you are on a team and your livelihoods depend on satisfying these clients and doing a good job together. So even if it's not your fault, it's, I think it's great to take a shared ownership attitude about solving it. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of in it together, right? Like, yeah, you hate it. They probably don't love it. It's probably not like we've we've handed off the project to explode to the, to the <laughs> engineer and our work here is done. Like it probably isn't very fun no. for them to, to deal with the, the outcome of an exploding project. So, yeah, you, you do have a shared problem here. And, and if you can solve it together, it'll be much more likely to happen if, if they feel like we're working together with this engineer to to get better and less reactive and and have fewer fire drills. Less that's exploding. Very different. Yeah, that's very different than this uppity junior engineer who doesn't know anything about project management and is here trying to yeah. tell us how to do our job and who took we don't a understand course. the pain and <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think when I was younger in my career, earlier in my career, I think that uh, I had a proclivity to see the world only through my eyes and I underappreciated how frustrated my uh, non-developer peers and colleagues would feel about situations, especially yeah. people doing project management where I was like, Oh, what's, what's even the point of you? You know, you're just, yeah. you're just putting things on a calendar that are never right. You know? And it's like, you don't even understand that I'm having this important debate about two spaces versus four spaces. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you don't know me. You don't understand what we're building. And I've really changed my tune on that in last week. when i grew up um and i've really i honestly i've really come to appreciate how much cross-functional effort it takes to deliver a software product that works well for for customers and users so yeah like try to empathize a little bit with what's going on here and try to understand the root of the problem and there may be things you can do to help and maybe the project manager is going to say look the reason this project blew up is because we didn't get timely status updates from you for weeks and then when we did get the status update, it was nothing like we expected. And now the plan is all shot to heck. And, and uh, you know, if you could give me like a, a status update every three days, I could keep this project. I could manage this client. 
you know? Yeah. I've heard that from customer success people a lot. It's like, if you can give me more timely information, I can turn it into a message that the client will, will accept. But if you wait yeah. too long, it's, we're going to look really bad, you know, and then it's yeah. going to blow up in our faces. Sure. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. Good luck. I hope things get less explodey for you. Sounds yeah. like a stressful situation. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. What can people do if they want their own questions answered, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. Thank you so much to everyone who fills out that form each week. We love reading your questions and it's like food for Jameson's soul. I mean, you should just watch his face light up as he's reading these things. Chicken tacos for the soul. <laughs> Famous. I don't even know what that book is about, but chicken tacos for the soul. Yeah. It's my own spin on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not funny. We've got to get out of here. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week.